0: Hello, everybody. It's Melissa and JJ, and we are excited to have a special guest. Actually, it's a reappearance of a special guest, Kevin Jansen. Welcome back to the Self-Awareness Journey podcast. We're happy you're here today.
2: Yeah, sounds great. Welcome, Kevin. By by
1: popular demand, I
2: hope.
1: Right. You are officially the um, most featured guest (laughs) at at two.
0: Yeah, he should go up to the top of the list somewhere. I don't
2: know if that's good or bad.
0: We'll find out. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, so, you get Ke- a special trophy, we'll send it to you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah you. Look for it. It's really, really, really little, so it might be easy to miss, but it's yeah. still, still Let me, since let me guess. It's a snowflake. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we are thrilled to have you. Um, Kevin is a good friend and colleague, actually, and Kevin, you were on the show several months ago. I don't even remember when that was, to be fair. Um, and you were talking about your cancer journey. So you are someone who's gone through a hell of a ride with cancer on more than one occasion. And yeah. um, and the reason we're so excited to have you here today is because you have written a book and you have released that book just recently. And yeah. we would just love for you to be able to talk a little bit about that and to give you a good plug because it's so well-deserved.
1: Yeah, thank you. So let's, most well, before I hop into, uh the book let's let's yeah. actually do a little bit of recap Kevin of of your journey cuz i'm just to bring everyone up up to speed because it is yes. it is quite the story that you have um yep. your your personal journey um so let's not let's not go into all of the details all of the no. details. Wow. But okay, PS, no. everybody.
0: JJ said, Melissa, you kick us off. And I'm like, I'm going to screw it up. And JJ's like, no, do it. So then I did yeah. it and he basically just said, wow, Melissa, I'm going to redo this.
2: <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm not going to. I don't want to go into the details of every time I got poked by a needle. And almost <laughs> no,
0: no, no, no. no.
2: Right? That would not be, Fun. be a pleasant experience for anybody on this. So, <laughs> But maybe maybe highlights of... of uh, yeah, so wrong. when... I'm Difficulty. Sort of when
1: did your your, your <laughs> cancer journey start?
2: started when I was 37 years old, and I'm now 58. Okay. And so 20-plus years ago, and, you know, initially diagnosed with acute leukemia, acute myeloid leukemia, specific brand of it at the time, and... You know, I can run through pretty quickly how ugly that got, how fast. You know, I got diagnosed. I was in and out of the hospital with five rounds of chemotherapy. You know, spent collectively about two and a half months out of nine months in and out of the hospital getting that chemotherapy because it's pretty intense. I uh, relapsed from that, dis- you know, it got it into remission, but a year and a half later, I relapsed and then had a bone marrow transplant, which is pretty intense. Yep. Yep. And I'll give you a sense for it. It's 30 days in the hospital in an isolation room. And then I, I got out, but then I had to get back in because I had some trouble with rejection and was back in for another seven days. So mm. that was uh, a fun period.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then- and when you got, and, and and this is during a period of your life, late 30s, early 40s, you're married, you had young kids, yes. um, you had uh, a career, you know, a, a, yeah. a, a really uh, kind of big career going. Um, so that had to be really hard at that yeah. point in your life to also deal with, um, you know, this, this big health event.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, the big health of them lasted six years, mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. like, uh, you know, okay. I'm, I now have cancer. Oh, it's gone now to Kulan, cool but it was a six year, what I call my life career, my midlife yeah. life career. Yeah.
1: That's mm-hmm. not the kind of midlife crisis people want to have. No, no. I like buying no. a sports car is way better. Mm-hmm.
2: No. I mean, the, the intense fear, the, uh. You know just uncertainty i i've described it i think on the last time i was with you guys is getting raped of your health security mm. yeah and i yeah, choose those a very words powerful on purpose. yeah yeah you just never feel certain you don't know what's going to come around the corner that might rape you again of your life you know and where you rebuilt your life to mm-hmm. uh And, and all of that was magnified, you know, what was going on with me was frankly magnified by the fact that I had lost my mother to breast cancer Mm. when I was 14 months old. And so my fear of doing the same thing to my children that happened to my mother, uh, you know, made it even worse for what, you know, I don't even know how to describe how unsettling that was or how afraid I was, God, I can't do that again, because what happened to me lasted a lifetime. You know, it it wasn't like, oh, your mom's dead, and so you plug in a new mother, and everything is fine. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I still struggle with some of that stuff today, you know, and I'm 58. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, whether you feel like you got raped of your security, or uh, I think I've described it before to both of you as a, you know, of just being in the middle, middle of an earthquake, Uh, or you know and and going through all those treatment issues and everything else or and problems with your own health and everybody you know i'm mid-30s late 30s early 40s and everybody was running around with with, around me friends healthy kids you know they you're just on an island No, people can't really understand what you're going through they they hear it, they have some experience, but they, you know, they haven't been there themselves for six months, much less five or six years.
1: Yes, right. it's pretty interesting to think about that, that period of most people's lives, right? Where now we have young kids, they still have got lots of energy. They've got, you know, they're, they've got growing careers, you know, it's it's kind yeah. of like a really great time in life where yeah lots of awesome things are happening <laughs> like yeah. you're really yeah. getting you're really getting settled into your own skin you've got a growing family you've got a, a a growing career and for a lot of people that's a real positive time in their life and and for yeah. you i i can imagine watching those folks around you get to experience that and 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 you not not being a part of that or having that same experience would have to be really hard
2: yeah I I would, you know, and I'm not doing this as a woe is me kind of thing by any stretch of the imagination. I didn't get to watch any of that. Mm. Right.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I was maybe just... that's
2: the good news. I didn't realize my, you know, my friends were doing all that stuff because yeah. I just couldn't. Mm-hmm. I
0: feel like, you know, as, as J.J. was describing that, I was like, yes, and because my father went through stem cell transplant and all sorts of things like this, and we've talked about this on the show and talked about it <laughs> when you were here last, I, um, I recall just how insulated everything becomes. Everything that you had in your right. life is suddenly a non-event. Your standard, um, going to the grocery store, paying your bills, having a family... Um, going to whatever, bowling league, like whatever it's going to be simply evaporates and your life becomes yeah. um, this like groundhog day every day where it is simply a matter of just making it through the end of the day. Hmm. And and um, and I feel like you're kind of like wearing bifocals at that time, like my own personal experience as a family member going through this with my father, um, which isn't even the same thing as you you know going through it you personally but I feel like um everything kind of stops everything stops and yet everything races by it's like when you sit in a hospital it's just like an airport it's like it just goes so so slow but the days it's just it goes so by so fast it's like it's like it's a weird altered warped reality I think um and in your case I also think that there's like a level of bifocals in your case, well, in in cancer, there's a level of bifocals where you're just focused on the here and now, you're looking straight down, just trying to get through the day, but you have this big picture view of what if, not what is, but what if. And and I think that that constant uh, juxtaposed position is so emotionally exhausting. I mean, it's like, as you were describing that feeling of not, you know, just not, not knowing and and just being in this journey. I feel like so much of it is this, both of those things coming at you at the same time.
1: Right. Well,
2: and and definitely the experience as what I'll call you as the one without the cancer versus the person with the cancer Mm -hmm. is incredibly different. You know, just like the kids versus the parents, all incredibly different. You know, of course. Yeah. When, when your child comes down with a significant illness or a problem, unfortunately, I've also had that experience. That's a very different feeling than when it happens to you. And so right. I'm not sure where to go with that line of thought, but I hear yeah, what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the person going through it is less in that, frozen state or can be less in that frozen state than the people that are affected. Mm, yeah. I, I've well, talked to several cancer patients that say, well, I'm just waiting for my family to catch up to where I am.
0: Oh, that's so interesting. Because mm. yeah,
2: they've so already digested so much of it because it's, you know, it's 100% of their waking hours and of course right. they're digesting it faster than mm-hmm. people... Well, on the outside, they're like, oh my God, I can only take thinking about this 10 minutes a day. Why the patients got it up, you know, 24 sevens every yeah. minute.
0: Yeah. You don't have the yeah. luxury of choosing just the 10 minutes.
2: Yeah. No, not at all. And so it's, a. It, I would, at least in my case, it was a much more intense learning experience, you know, mm-hmm. to make it through. It was a much more intense learning experience. And you have all that downtime, good or bad sitting in the hospital, (laughs) you don't have a lot else to do.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Kevin, so shifting gears a bit, uh, your, your, your book, it's, it's, uh, called it's all personal 12 lessons learned through cancer survival that transformed my career success. Right. Um, now, uh, just what, what happened to your career during this six years that or, or, you know, longer during your cancer treatment years, did you, did you literally have to give up the career that you had built for, you know, whatever that was, 15, 20 years, um, during that time in your life?
2: Pretty much start okay. over, start you over know, your resume has got a, you know, at best, a best big old hole splotchy, in it, a splotchy hole. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, when I, you know, when I started, I was the head, had head was Diagnosed, I was the head of the corporate finance department of a broker-dealer firm. You know, yeah. I had I, people reporting to me. I was making great money. Everything was great, you know, from a financial perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, when right. I came out, that job no longer existed. Uh, I luckily was working for a firm that the owner of which had had prostate cancer. And so he said, you have a job here and you will get paid as long as you need to be here. Hmm. Wow. So that was super wow. lucky. Yep.
0: What a blessing. Oh. Yeah.
2: And so, you know, four years after I started with all the problems, I went back into Mike's office and I said, I I and I was doing okay, you know, in terms of being a profitable employee, if you want to call it that. And I said, I, I just can't do this anymore, Mike. I I appreciate your supporting me yeah. here, but it's my turn to stand on my own. And so I'll just say I started at ground zero again. You know, I got yeah. a, I got another, not a high-paying job, but I got a job that I could make a fair amount of money at. I had, I had no salary. In other words, the only way I could start over is say, well, you come into this situation, whatever money you make for yourself, you can keep for yourself okay. as, yeah. <laughs> as the firm a split. And so, yeah, you go back to zero and. The yeah. four years later, a lot of people that you were doing work with—I'm not going to go as far as say they've forgotten
1: about you, but you're yeah. not in flow anymore. You're not. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, well,
1: yeah. Yeah. We can. Yeah. Business is a fickle place like that, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, like right, right. Unless yeah. you're on the field every day. Yeah. Um, it's got short-term you know, it's, memory uh, problems. Very short-term. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I I I want to just like pivot just a little bit because, um, this is such a It's such a compelling story. But the reason to me that this is such a compelling story is not all of the extremely important things that you've just said, like that in and of itself is amazing. But what you've done with this to me is the real amazing part. And that's why, like you and I met just a few years ago now, I don't even actually remember when, Um, but we just had this instant connection and it was very much around uh, authenticity and having real awareness about what's important. And right. as you told your story, I I just loved your story. You know, I was one of the first to read your book. I was so I actually sat and read it the entire book in a day, um, <laughs> and and um, you know, and as I was reflecting on this conversation, I think you per- perfectly captured um, your experience in. So you're number one and on Amazon. I forgot to mention that. Number yeah. one bestseller on Amazon right now, everybody. woo! Let's go Ooh. go get it and keep it there. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. When you look at Amazon, though, you give a little description. And what I loved is when you said, most would see a cancer diagnosis as a curse. I came to see it as an invaluable gift. And you have made it your business to choose a mindset of growth and focus on key reasons why. And so I would love to just touch on this and hear a little about your perspective on that.
2: Yeah, I I mentioned earlier, uh, I lost my mother to breast cancer when I was 14 months old. And so that started a chain of events that was not particularly good for me. Dad got remarried to somebody who I'd say was just kind of disengaged and not really a great mother you know however all of us yeah. think about what's a mother look like mm-hmm. i would say that she was pretty much not much of any of those things she was in the house but not really a mother and that was a hard experience i don't think i ever got over the loss of my mother to begin with but then right. to be yeah. replaced with a mother who wasn't a mother that was bad mm-hmm. my dad never really got over it. You know, you could just tell mm. he just mm. moved on, plugged in another person into that chair and moved Kept on. Moving. From I, I don't want to say compounded that because I, Christina is still a good friend of mine. That was my first wife, but Christina was very much the same that, mm. you know, she had problems with relationships because her mother was, it was an alcoholic, pretty bad alcoholic. And so, you know, Christina had problems with her relationship. She was more walled off from the world. She was walled off from me at times. You know, uh, I would just describe all of that as my cancer growing in me by the time, you know, from 14 months Mm. old until I was Mm. finally diagnosed with legitimate cancer.
0: That's an interesting perspective, yeah.
2: And so as soon as I was diagnosed, I thought, well, Now I'm going to be forced to look at this (laughs) in good or bad. I know this has been there. I know this is a problem. I can kind of feel like I'm running away from it. Now I have all the time in the world to actually look at this and figure out what, what the hell is going on? Why am I doing Mm -hmm. this?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, you know, that's why I say it was a, gift because over the next six years, I, I would say that was my midlife personal development or personal exploration of not only what had happened in my life but what i wanted my life to look like you know okay this is what how i've been living it i've been incredibly focused on money i've been been incredibly kind of self-focused you know not letting others people other people into my life mm-hmm. not letting others help me in my life which is different you know you first gotta let somebody in then you gotta actually let them help you
0: yeah and so hard
2: yeah and somewhere in there you actually have to trust them. (laughs) (laughs) whether that's right away or at the end or somewhere in the middle the you're learning who these people are Mm -hmm. you gotta trust them you gotta say okay i what's it take for me to trust somebody oh okay that's what i need And then once I trust that person, will I let them help me? Okay. And then when I'm having problems, I'll not only let them help, but but I'll actually reach out and ask for help.
0: Yeah.
2: And so I would say that's, that was my hyper growth over that five, six year period. You know, I'm sitting down with my oncologist and I'm crying, asking him for help. Yeah. Probably cried a whopping five times my entire 37 years up to that, you know, <laughs> and then I'm telling him how, how you tell me what I need to do to work with you. I am holding his hand and I'm getting my first bag of chemotherapy. Well, okay. That was an emotional moment. It's like, oh, well, wow. I can't believe I had all that in me, but I really do need his help Yeah. or seeing and learning my nursing staff and how much they cared about me getting well. Or, you know, I have a story in my book about the woman who cleaned my room every day. And I was just amazed at how much she cared about me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wow. yeah. Okay, Wow. all these people really want me to survive and really want me to do well. And and I can't believe that i would never had anybody that really cared about me in that way. Yeah. You know, that, wanted to make that happen.
0: Yeah. I mean, and that is a a gift, like the gift of being, being able to see where you fit in the human race and that you're loved and that you're cared for and that you do, that you matter at a deeper level than you even possibly could imagine. I mean, that's, that is a huge gift to learn.
2: Right. Well, and, and I kind of knew a little bit, I cared about others that way. In other words, I I I a little bit knew how to give that to others, but I never ever expected it to come back.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I I've, we've talked about it. JJ and I've talked about it in other perspectives, but with the same message, you know, I mean, it, it's like um, the, uh, the it's like the it's like abundance, right? It's an abundance mindset and mm-hmm. um, an abundance mindset only truly works if you add and me too. Right. You know, everyone has all of these gifts, and me too. All of these people have these capacities, and so do I. You know yeah. that that piece is, I think, really, really valued. Yeah. Important.
2: And, and if you've been in a, you know, I don't want to call my first marriage abusive by any stretch of the imagination, but it was much more of a one-way street of my investment. You get used to not getting a return on your investment. Sorry, he's like, yeah. investment
0: analysis. <laughs> yeah, okay, everybody. I was like, Kevin, stay out of your head. Talk from your heart. He's like, I, I am.
1: <laughs> Run his relationships on a spreadsheet. I like it. Yeah, right. But I, I do think it's important
2: to have some weighing of what you're putting in versus what you expect out it will never be perfect you know you don't have to be <laughs> crazy with your spouse and say well geez i'm doing all this and you're doing nothing but but you have to you know you you could get taken advantage of if you don't at least have some awareness well, emotional scorecard so <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah
0: well i just hope you don't have a spreadsheet don't give jj any more no. ideas no. Wife, I've prepared this small report I'd like to show you before (laughs) dinner.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I have a Gantt chart here. Yeah, it's a different uh, different podcast we'll record later.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You two nerds. I'm all alone.
2: So I've got to say, I listened to your podcast about uh, 2020 or annual planning. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you I like that? Just, I, I can't tell you how much I was laughing.
0: Oh, zip <laughs> I mean, it, Jansen. So <laughs> can't
2: you make self-awareness, like increasing your self-awareness as
1: a goal? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Sorry, JJ, you were going to say something and i was no, really interrupted it. with laughing.
1: Uh, I want I, what, what I wanted to ask Kevin is um you you've got your your book and it, it specifically you know um, I wanted to ask you like how did your lessons through through your experience transform your career because we've talked about a bit about the the, the personal stuff how you've had changed your relationships there um, and we did talk about the hole in your resume, but but now, how do you look at your career today? That's so such a, a good question.
0: Forward, That's such a good question.
2: I would say that I think, and particularly the two of you, would say the panacea of your career, your most happy time of your career, is when you are your authentic self. You know, using your terms, Melissa. Mm-hmm. In your career, you're doing what you're jazzed about in your career. And so my career went from individual investment banker, making as much money as I could, to probably more about building teams and mentoring people. And
0: mm. oh, interesting.
2: better at delegating work because I had to delegate my life. You know, my ability to yeah. live with somebody else. And my success then just came. You know, it wasn't like I had to sit down and figure out how to make more hmm. money. I just went into it just with a totally different mindset. Yeah. Imagine that. I made as much or more money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was like, well, if I'm just authentic and I'm real and say, well. I'm really out for you know my employee that reports to me and trying to develop their career, and they do better. Then imagine that I, I do yeah. better, even though I'm not even mm-hmm. thinking about me doing better. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, you, you've now went from making fifty thousand dollars, you know, Mr. Man or Woman, and now you're making a hundred in three years because I helped you get there. Well, I felt great about that. Right. But I what I didn't realize, well geez, now I went from a different level too.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's ironic how found...
1: like how releasing those expectations and then just leaning into who who you are right. is the key to success when it feels almost like the opposite, especially when you're younger in your career. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, and, and and we all know somebody who can't delegate work and so they do all the work themselves and, and what does that mean well okay you're trying to do all the work yourself and now you're working 70 hours a week and the whole your whole whether it's your department or the company your own or run or you know whatever you have not moved because you're doing 70 hours a week and you have not developed anybody behind
1: you
0: yep yep
2: that's just a
0: lot of people stuck there lots and lots of people stuck
1: yeah so kevin what what would be like the one takeaway from a career perspective that you would give advice to someone younger in their career now that you've gone through this whole experience and you've gained this this perspective what's that one what's that one takeaway that you'd really like to share with people
2: figure out who you can trust you know just who do you trust to do Mm -hmm. what's best for you and and return that trust to them Mm -hmm. and that's your foundation of a relationship and hang out with the right people you know mm. you don't want to hang out with people or, or go in the wrong direction you want yeah. to hang out with people going the right direction but it all comes back to relationships and trust mm. and doing what's both for everybody involved you know those two people and the teams you're working with so i call that teamwork mm. mm-hmm. yeah and if you lead with that you just say no mm-hmm. I, gotta, I gotta find good people who i can trust i need to have a working relationship with them and Focus on the whole, not either yourself or, you know, protecting yourself or not delegating what else say that that's what's going to lead you to success in your career.
1: Yep. 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 I like that, that you hit it, uh, trusting, <laughs> trusting yeah. others and, um, yeah. having that, that two-way trust is, is so important. Yeah. I mean, I don't want
2: to spend a lot of time on this because it's kind of off topic for for this group, but you know, it's really about trust across when you're when you're running a department or a business, you know, everybody understands, oh, I've got to develop a relationship to sell more. Well, oh, you also yeah. gotta have trust with your vendors. You've got to have trust with your mm-hmm. employees. Yes. Oh my god, yeah. particularly today, you know, when your employees are remote or hybrid and right. do you ever go see them? You know, yeah. do you, how do you have a personal relationship with somebody you don't even see?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. And so
2: those are those are not why I wrote the book, but those are things I'm just incredibly passionate about in my business career. It's like just go see people.
0: Yeah. And you, you know? do talk and you do talk about that in the book. I think it's really a worth worthwhile focus. Yeah. So can you remind everybody of the title of the book again?
2: Title of the book. It's All Personal. I got to read the rest of the tagline, I've taken the tagline 15, 15 times. It's all personal. 12 lessons learned through cancer survival that transformed my career success.
1: Awesome. We're going to have to have you on again because I want to ask you how you actually wrote this book since Melissa and I crashed and burned once <laughs> on a book writing <laughs> attempt, but we're going to uh, defer that till next time. <laughs>
0: Kevin, thank you so much for being on today. It's just absolutely yeah. love the conversation. We could talk about this for hours.
2: Yeah, thank Kevin. no, thank you too. And and one quick note, uh, all the profits that I make from selling the book will get donated to others that are trying to fight their way through cancer. I'm trying to give that gift back.
0: Oh, that's awesome. And awesome. So I didn't, I didn't know that. write
2: the book to go make a million dollars, and my focus yeah. is to sell, frankly, as many books as I possibly can so I can have the joy of giving that money away, and I mean that. That's really yeah. fun. For me. Awesome.
1: Yeah. yeah. So.
2: Awesome. Thank you. No,
1: thank you. Thanks for having me. Did you enjoy this episode? Please go to your favorite podcast platform to subscribe, rate, and leave a review so others can discover it as well.
0: Growing self-awareness is a lifelong journey, and there's always further to go. And it's better when we're all in it together. Please think of someone you know who could benefit from hearing today's conversation and share this episode with them. We can't thank you enough for listening. Until next time, happy exploring, seekers.